Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Hello and welcome to No Labels. I'm Mike Gawley. On today's show, it's a case of out with the old and in with the new. We hear from the outgoing Chief Executive of the Standards and Monitoring Service, or SAMS, as it's more generally known, and we meet up with his successor, Kerry Ann Morrison. Uh, so the way this is going to run is... Um, oh, my name's John Clayton, for those that don't know. The way this is going to run is that we're going to have some Kai first, so I'll say, I'll say a quick breaks for that, and then Esther is going to be in charge of the rest of the, rest of the day. That's Community Connections' John Taylor, Warming up guests to a function honouring outgoing Chief Executive Mark Benjamin's 33 years of service to SAMS. I think the, the, there were two things that initially attracted me. Um, one was the central importance that SAMS placed on disabled people and their families um, being significant contributors to designing and implementing um, evaluation. Um, that seemed uh, revolutionary at the time and, and uh, for me in the late 80s. And um, the second thing um, that really attracted to me was the genuinely collaborative way that everyone worked. You say revolutionary. How so, Mark? Well, my understanding is that um, when SAMS was initially conceived in 1979, um, as uh, um, all, all the way through, actually, until probably a decade ago, um, while disabled people and families could have been um, invited to participate in evaluation processes, internationally, SAMS pioneered the concept and practice of disabled people and families having key roles in evaluation. So the designing of evaluation frameworks, um, leading evaluation teams, analysing material, and of course being the primary contributors to any evaluation process. Um, you know, international commentators have, 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 have talked about that, um, you know, particularly that practice taking off in the 80s in New Zealand really wasn't picked up in other countries and, you know, until relatively recently. Why do you think SAMS was so far ahead of its time then in that respect? I suspect it's it's a, it's it's to do with some of the um, original people around at the time, um, Angus Cappy being um, uh, an innovative and creative um, thinker who genuinely was committed to social change. And I think that um, it really comes down to some key people translating what some people just would see as idealistic concepts in, into practice. Um, and and I, get, I guess it also comes down to, in, in New Zealand, at that time there was an emerging um, disability rights movement and there was excitement about the possibility of doing things differently. And I, 
I guess there were a whole lot of things that would have come together to create that environment where um, something which internationally was um, unheard of was was seen as just something that you should do in order to enable disabled people and their families to, um, I don't know, influence positive change, lead positive change through evaluation practice. You talked about key roles that disabled people and their families were, could play in this process. What were those key roles in your experience? Um, unlike some evaluation processes where disabled people and families are invited to contribute to um, a process and a framework that's already been predetermined, disabled people and families um, uh, drove the process in New Zealand. And um, uh, there were were no roles where disabled people and families um, didn't participate within SAMS in, in evaluation practice. Now, even though it seems like you've been chief executive for 33 years, Mike, I know that you haven't, so... When you first got involved in SAMS, what was your role at that point? Um, I started off um, as uh, leading evaluation teams and um, delivering um, what would be called, I guess, peer support monitoring um, now. Um, So that was in um, 1989. So leading teams, peer support monitoring training, and and also um, involved with, uh, various training projects um, with organisations who were keen to develop. And how did you develop your role in, in SAMS? What were you doing over that this time? Um, I guess I, um, I I became strongly enmeshed, maybe even addicted to seeing um, the power that can happen and what can be achieved when disabled people and families have places and spaces where um, they're not just heard, but when they contribute their experiences, thoughts and ideas, um, that that can influence um, positive change and development and um, I don't know whether I'm fully answering your question, but when you see the excitement and the impact that people can have, it's um, it's, it's something that um, just drove me to become more and, and more involved in, in that process, um, bearing in mind that um, you know New Zealand was still going through a deinstitutionalization process then. So um, there was an extraordinary need for the voices of disabled people and families to find um, channels and ways, ways to be heard and ways to um, influence um, what was happening. I also know that you're really, really keen, and so was Sam's, on what's called developmental evaluation. So how does that differ from maybe what's traditionally happening? Um, developmental evaluation um, 
focuses on the importance of the process actually resulting in um, positive change. So rather than gathering people's experiences or gathering data simply to comment on what is developmental evaluation really focuses on what can be. It's um, it's a process where the focus is on positive development. Um, the focus is on the experiences of disabled people and families um, directing um, change. Um, a lot of the other types of processes are more compliance focused or they um, focus on um, uh, achieving minimum standards where developmental evaluation is an ongoing um, process of, of, um, of learning, of change, of development, of, of stretching people's um, thinking, expectations and practice um, so that people can discover new ways of doing things and better ways of doing things. And what are some of the changes that you can look back on and say, well, this is because of Sam's? This is because of Sam's. Well, I probably can't say that, but I can say that Sam's has been um, a, a, a contributor to, to uh, change processes. And I suppose for, for me, um, the momentum to... Um, for people to move out of institutions would have been w one of the initial things that Sam's had some involvement with. Um, the, the concept and practice of disabled people and families defining what a good life looks like for themselves. Um, so the I guess the practice of aspirational planning is something that SAMS has impacted on quite strongly, all the way through to SAMS being a significant contributor to um, the changes that we're seeing unfolding now in terms of and the Enabling Good Lives-based um, sector change process, and, and, and for that matter, the um, Whaikaha, or Ministry of Disabled People, um, SAMS uh, was a channel and a catalyst um, for ensuring that uh, disabled people, disabled people's organisations, families and family networks um, uh, framed and, and directed the um, Enabling Good Lives approach and um, I think that's been a, sig a significant um, achievement that SAMS has had in the sector. That's outgoing SAMS Chief Executive, Mark Benjamin. And now it's introducing his replacement, Dr Kerry ann Morrison. Kerry ann my first question is simply this. What is it about you and your background that lured you to become the Chief Executive of the Centres of Monitoring Service, SAMS? Thanks, thanks, Mike. And it's, uh, it's a real, real pleasure to chat with with you today about this. So, um, uh, first and foremost, I'm a mama. I um, I have a young disabled son named Lockie. Lockie's nine, uh, and Lockie has Down syndrome. So, uh, Lockie is, um, you know, what connects me personally to the disability community. 
Uh, my background is uh, I have a PhD in social and cultural geography from the University of Waikato. Uh, that's where I grew up in Kirikiriroa, and uh, I moved down to uh, Te Whanganui Atara, Wellington, where I am, where I'm based now, in about 2012, I think. So um, before I moved into the role with uh, SAMS and Care Matters, I was working as a uh, the, the senior researcher at Imagine Better. And um, when the vacancy for the role at SAMS came up, I thought it was a wonderful opportunity to move uh, to an organisation that has uh, an amazing history of working with disabled people in Fano in the developmental evaluation space in, uh, in training and education and also leadership development. You said mention their care matters and imagine better. Can you spend a bit of time just telling us about more about those two agencies? Sure. So, uh, so. Imagine Better is a, another organisation that, that I used to work for, so so no longer associated with them directly, but um, you know have have collabor- collaborated with them in the past. Uh, Care Matters is uh, a, a, an organisation and a service that that Sam's runs in partnership with Parent to Parent. And Care Matters is the uh, national learning and wellbeing resource centre for carers. And what's really unique about Care Matters is that it's uh, uh, tailor-made education for Fano, who have a family member w- with a disability, and the service is by Fano for Fano. So all our staff members are Fano, uh, and um, they have a family member that, that has a disability. And um, they do really, like, really amazing work tailoring and customising education for for families around the Motu to enable them really to, um, you know, uh, uh, understand about what enabling good lives is, uh, work with them to develop their advocacy, and really support them in any issues that they might be facing. You talked about enabling good lives. Can you just say what that is to me, please? Sure. So, so enabling good lives, um, uh, it's a couple of things, I guess. So uh, in the first instance, it's, uh, it's a, a social movement. It's a way of thinking. Uh, it's a, an approach that puts disabled people and Fano at the centre. Uh, it's also a funding mechanism. So it's, it's a, uh, a funding mechanism through FAIKAHA, the new Ministry of Disabled People, that gives uh, disabled people more choice and control through having a personalised budget. Now, I can recall you coming to a SAMS board meeting once to make a presentation, and I was always very impressed by the description of you, the birth of your son and how you framed it and how the medical personnel framed it and what the difference was. Can you go back through that, please? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so... Um yeah, I, I, I've actually uh, I've done quite a bit of work uh, since that time um, uh, alongside the the DH the three DHB so Wellington, Wairarapa, and the Hutt Valley to understand the maternity experiences of uh, disabled people and also um, people who have babies that are born with impairments and uh, so through 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 that particular piece of work and through my own experience we know that. Uh, people uh, who have babies that are unborn with impairments 
um, really struggle uh, w- with a system that uh, often pathologizes their, you know, their beautiful baby that uh, focuses on all the things that they supposedly won't be able to do because they're born with an, an impairment. Uh, some of the language that's used to talk about babies' impairments is, is really outdated and discriminatory and be really hard for, you know, new parents to, to hear their, their beautiful babies spoken about in this way. So, um, yeah, it can be really hard for, for, for families to, um, you know, to, to, to be thrust into a system that, that can devalue you know, their baby. So um, the 3DHB is doing wonderful work. The disability team there is doing wonderful work to um, support their staff to learn about uh, disability rights and about enabling good lives and about uh, the best way to support disabled people and um, whānau uh, in their journey as they're interacting with the health system. You've talked about doing work with the DHBs. Um, how's that going to translate over to the new... Health New Zealand. Yeah, good, good, good question, um, and not necessarily one that I can answer. Um, although I do know that uh, the disability team at the Three DHB uh, work really, really closely with the new health authority and are really strong advocates for you know the rights of disabled people. But I think about the maternity project that we were, that I was involved in. Um, that you know was a project that. Uh, you know, use the lived experiences of people to improve service delivery. And, um, you know, the DHB has, has drawn upon that particular piece of work to think about how they can reframe their entire maternity and neonatal strategy and policy. So um, seeing some really great tangible results uh, and changes to the way the system works through through the lived experiences of people. So that was a project that I was particularly proud of and really privileged to be part of. So what do you think are the challenges facing SAMS at this point, at this moment? So some of the, um, some of the challenges, I think, that more broadly that the, the disability community are facing um, and, uh, you know, are in relation to equitable access to information and resources and knowledge about enabling good lives and, um, you know, ensuring that the community has access to this to be able to take up the opportunities that enabling good lives will present. Uh, having uh, the timely set up of regional leadership groups and uh, these are the, the groups that are set up currently in the three demonstration sites, so in the Waikato, uh, Manawhakaha in Mid-Central and uh, down in Christchurch and we know that it takes time to build leadership capability and capacities and, and um, it's really important that there's a, you know, investment in setting up regional leadership right across the country so um, that you know, each community is, is, is ready um, to be able to you know, take on Enabling Good Lives when it's rolled out across the country. I also think some of the challenges is around ensuring that disabled people and whānau have a voice across the entire system and that there are a range of different mechanisms for this to happen. And, you know, and then there's also the, the systemic issues that disabled people and whānau face right across the, you know, the entire system, so in health, 
housing, education, employment and so on. And um, you know, all of these issues lead to poor outcomes for disabled people in Fano. I think SAMS and Care Matters is uh, you know, in a really um, strong position to be able to support disabled people in Fano through some of these challenges. As I mentioned, Care Matters um, works specifically with, with family members and our staff are deeply steeped in enabling good lives and the approach and can use that to tailor education to whānau. Uh, SAMS also provides training um, and uh, we can work with providers to help them more fully align their services with enabling good lives. So I think that that's uh, you know, one of the ways that SAMS can support the, the community and, and the sector and uh, some of these challenges that we're facing. And I also think that evaluation, uh, which is you know one of the core components of the work that SAMS does, is really important for ensuring that disabled people uh, have their voice and their experiences um, you know up front, and uh, those voices and experiences are able to drive the design and delivery of services um, as we continue to move forward into this new era. What gives developmental evaluation and the uh, advantage over, say, tick boxes, auditing kind of approach? Mm, yeah, great question. I, I think um, you, you identified, you know, one of the, the key differences right there is that, you know, audit is often the, a tick box approach. So it's compliance, um, it's, it's prescribed, um, and uh, it doesn't necessarily focus on quality of life Outcomes. So developmental evaluation is about working with uh, disabled people, whānau, uh, working with providers and working with other stakeholders to really identify strengths um, and areas where things are going well and then think about how we, you know, they can be built upon to um, grow to grow the service and uh, ensure that all supports and services are leading to good, independent lives um, for disabled people and whānau and equitable outcomes. Excellent. Thanks, Kerry ann Brilliant. Uh, my, my pleasure, Mike. That's incoming SAMS Chief Executive Kerry ann Morrison wrapping up today's show. Until next time, I'm Mike Gurley. Looking forward to your company then. Ka kite anō. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding accessmedia.nz.